Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor special program. That means we've got a three-hour show for you from now, 3 o'clock, until 6 o'clock this afternoon, and we are going to be talking all things computer. In this first hour, my co-host of many years, Gary Baker, and I will tackle some things like words out that Microsoft is trying to force people into installing Windows 10. Hmm, what's up with that? We'll be talking about that and about Apple's big show coming up on the 21st in this first of our three hours today. Well, Gary, you know how they used to say in the uh, "There's no joy in Mudville." <laughs> oh my gosh, no joy here either. That's what I mean. There's no joy in Lansing. There's uh, in East Lansing. There's no, no joy, joy in, in Ann Arbor. Oh well, my a- goodness! At least U of M won the first half last night. <laughs> um, they were ahead by oh, twelve uh, by twelve or something after the first half. If yeah. they could just have ended yeah. the game there instead of playing that oh, second half. Oh my, 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 my! Oh well. Ah uh, well, folks, and uh, and what a loss for uh, Michigan oh. State. But what a you know, I mean, they did what a season such, they had. Yeah, such a great job in the whole season. Oh, so yeah. they got to be mm-hmm. proud, and our fans got to be proud of that. So. so our hats off to them. We we kind of make that tip of the hat to them because uh, in many ways our uh, program, the Internet Advisor, uh, kind of comes and goes like the sun behind the clouds during yeah. the sports season. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's our perspective on it. Actually, uh, for for all of our podcast listeners and for our affiliate station. That li- people that listen to us there, we're we're there, no problem. We're there it's consistently. Just, just WJR when they broadcast this uh, this MSU basketball. You know those big yeah. guys dressed in green, right? Oh man. Next season, you'll be a humdinger with the Lions added to the soup as well. (laughs) But in any case, we are rejoicing over the fact that we're back with you, and uh, we've got three hours this afternoon. And as just a sneak preview, in the second hour, we're going to be talking with uh, the uh, assistant provost to Lawrence Technological University about something that... uh, Believe it or not, I mean, we're we're one day away from spring, for those of you listening to us live right now. Um, and uh, not that it's going to change the weather very much around Michigan, but in any case, uh, it's time, however, to start thinking about summer camp. That's true. You know, I and, bet it was about this time of year that you used to think of summer camp for your kids. Yep, and uh, getting them signed up, making sure that it didn't uh, conflict with any kind of family vacation or other right. other events that were going on. And and uh, that's what people are or should be doing when they talk about technology summer camps. That's exactly, and it's a little bit of a wrinkle on that because this is about uh, technology that's, what, these camps are focused towards science, science, technology, engineering, and math, STEM. Right. And it's for kids from K 
through 12. So this is the whole sweep. And uh, there's some fascinating classes that are going to be put on and, for the summer yeah, and Lisa, technology. And when Lisa gets here, we're going to have to talk to her about adding the arts, the design yes. aspects, STEAM, and make it STEAM instead of STEM. So yep, exactly. That, and, you know, when you think about it, um, Lawrence Tech, Lawrence Technology University, What you know, when you think about where they were, you know, half a decade ago and where they are today, what a phenomenal a phenomenal success story for our community and for the the kids that go there and graduate from Remember there. Remember we I mean, inter- we uh, interviewed the um, the president when he came in. I'm trying to think of his name now. Uh, they, well, and then over the years, number of people, oh yes, a number right? of people uh, that uh, and it's just gotten better and better and better. And now they're giving back to the community. We'll have to talk more about it yeah, in the second yeah. hour. But we're giving. Uh, they're giving back by helping the younger people, younger than college age, which is their market, right? And well, maybe it's their future market that they're marketing That's to. That's true. Uh, but yeah. but you know, by doing these summer camps and partnering with some of the other yep. uh, groups in the community, what a what a great story! So, hopefully, people that are listening will stay tuned for the second hour and and listen to Lisa. Kajawa then. And we're going to be talking about this little short fellow, this little short red fellow <laughs> That's right. that they hope to run out of town, the Nain Rouge. Joe Bastian's coming in. Yes. He's got some exciting things to and, tell us about. And, uh, you know, when he's trying to, well, he's written three books, right? Right. Um, the trilogy of the Nain Rouge, and uh, now he's going to raise some money to to put it all on the big screen. And I'm, I'm my understanding is that tomorrow is the march. That's right. And so there are going to be probably a few supporters and detractors and a, and a whole lot of detractors. So what the, the march starts, um, I'm not sure what time. Is it 1 o'clock? 12 I, o'clock, 1 o'clock, something like that, down like at that. the traffic jam. Right, right, right down, State University. In, in fact, just down the street from us. That's true, yeah. Um, and uh, four, four or five blocks. And... Um, and they're going to go march down to the, is it the music hall, I think? They, they go down to, I thought the Mosaic. Oh, the Mosaic uh, Temple. That's uh, right. Because Mos- they were. They, Masonic Temple. They, they were going to throw them into the river. That's what <laughs> it's a little so cool. They, so, we'll, again, people need to stick around yeah. and listen to Joe. But this is a 300-year-old um, tradition, basically, right. that took a, um, a little bit of a, of a break for a number of years. Yeah. And now it's back. And uh, so people dress up and. The uh, the Nain Rouge, the Red Dwarf. Red well, Dwarf. Uh, will show up, and they'll probably yep. run him down to the river, and and then there's a big party. So yep. that's that's always fun. And we're going to talk more about that in a movie. This could possibly be coming out. Shane Hamlin will be joining us in that second hour as well, and uh, we'll be talking with him uh, because he's a very big supporter of this whole. Um, uh, graphic novel in That's particular. Right. That's and, right. That's right. Yep. And uh, then we're going to have our open line. Our open line hour will be that same hour, which is from 5 until 6, and we're going to have Shane Hamlin, and uh, we're also going to have the ever-charming <laughs> Cal Carson. Mr. Carson. Who is with us as well. I'm delighted to have him in here. Big week coming up for Apple. We'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in just a moment with uh, with Cal Carson. I just want to take a moment to thank you folks out there for the well wishes and uh, thoughts and prayers for us. Um, both my wife and I were leveled last week by the flu. It came out of the blue and just blew me out of the saddle completely. Well, you know, it was funny because you texted me just after I'd gotten on the road, and, and it's about an hour in from uh, Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. and I show up, and we're talking, and I'm looking around, and I said, um, Ed, uh, you didn't bring Foster? And he goes, no. And I said, okay, is he coming? And he goes, no, you didn't get the text. Oh, dear. And I went, um, and just then the bump music started. 
I'm going. <laughs> okay. Oh, that's how you found out. <laughs> okay, uh, one of us probably should get on and say something, right? <laughs> Folks, oh, God. instant okay. in season and out of season. My partner, Gary Baker. Well, we're going to hang on a second because we've got lots to talk about, including a really fascinating letter that has been published by CNET that, uh, from an individual who said that they are being forced to upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10. Also, Cal Carson's in. We're going to be talking about the Apple announcements coming up on March 21st. It's the Internet Advisor and a special (laughs) three-hour program. We're delighted to have you along with us this afternoon. In studio, I've got my... Most of my posse. Ed is down in Florida, I understand, for um, spring training. That's right. He's he and w- Tina went down there for he, that. He's down there watching uh, the Tigers uh, yeah. win a few in, in the Grapefruit League. I hope so. Somebody's got to bring winning back to Detroit. <laughs> my fan, my wife is a, is a big Red Wings fan, and they have just struggled. They've, got, the, a, they've got a the chance, end of the season. They, by the skin of their teeth, they're yeah, for the wild card position. Yep. You know, uh-huh. I, I just got here from East Lansing. And, oh, and it, there's no joy in Mudville. Well, it's a very solemn place up oh, there. And, it is. and I'm like, you know, it, it's a basketball a, game, America. Oh, oh, oh. And they had a great season. They did. They did. Right? And some great I just players. Felt, I felt sorry for Valentine. He had like six takeaways. Yes. Or giveaways, I should Give, say. Yeah, he, he really uh, did. wasn't a takeaway. He never gave yeah, he gave them away. They really nailed him. I mean, they, they dogged him, and they and he made it happen. So Yeah, yeah the only dr- real drawback, uh, seriously, is that the amount of money that these kids could have possibly made had they've gone you know further oh, yeah, into the yes. Final Four. Yes. But, I mean, they're not going to hurt. Valentine's still going to get into the pros. Oh. The other two can go over and play in Europe and pull in a hundred, maybe 200000 a year anyway. They're, they're good ball players. They're yeah. very, very good ball players. You, you're mentioning Europe is interesting because uh, a friend of ours daughter is a uh, basketball player on a women's team at Oakland University. Oh really? And she has been she's so good. Uh, this young lady's been invited to the combine which is coming up. And uh, Cal, to, to underline your point, what they said, and excuse the sports side folks, but this is, <laughs> but it's fascinating because they said women's basketball is incredibly popular in Europe and around the world. Well, and uh, she could be, for instance end up playing uh, for a very good salary for Turkey. You know when you when you watch um, women's basketball, technically it's so much better because they listen, they do what they're supposed to. You know, there's not as much improvision as there is uh, in men's, where you know they'll they'll take a few more chances and do different things. But um, you know, it's like that in a lot of sports. Well, well women lot, just listen better to the coaches. Well, with the exception of sport of love, then that way uh, they don't listen to anything you say. They do what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to touch that. Factors. I promise, Whoa. Jenny, I won't touch that. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Hey, let's. But since Cal, you chimed in before we get, before we get to whipping on on Windows and Microsoft, big stuff coming up the the twenty first, which is Monday. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, from Apple, it's going to be their, their big event that they're announcing all sorts of things coming up on that. Have well, you they, heard of they, any? They do a couple big events a year, and this yes. is, uh, I think, the third biggest, because the, the, I guess That's the right, biggest is... W- worldwide the, developers, WWDC. Right, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And well, then, obviously, in the fall when they announce some of the new phones and whatnot. Yeah, the fall and the spring are are, are mostly product announcements. Yeah. And then developers' conferences, product announcements, along with innovations and new stuff that they're going to be yeah. doing. That's, you know, to get the developers to create more stuff so they can sell more stuff. Think they can avoid the whole FBI thing? 
I don't think they they are avoiding that, right? No, that's I think they're going to make some statement, but I mean, that's a problem. You know, y- you mean during this thing, yeah. are they going to do it? I, I, Why wouldn't my, they talk about my it? My gut would say no, yeah, they're not going to talk, talk about, about it. it. No. Yeah. They, matter of fact, they will avoid it like the plague for anything else because they want your focus on the product. Well, that's yeah, what I mean. It's not, yeah. it's not the focus. Yeah. No, I agree with you, I, but I was just curious how they're going to dance around that. Oh, I don't um, think they'll mention it at all, and and they shouldn't. This is about something else. Oh, absolutely. As you said, and it makes good sense, they're going to talk about uh, things like their new 4-inch phone. What? Well, We're going the other direction now? <laughs> A did, phone for little people? <laughs> didn't it work that way in the first place when you think about it? When phones first came out, they were really big. They were bag phones. You carried oh, them around. Right. They were you're huge. Right. And everybody says, please, give me a smaller phone. And they got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then they turned into those flip phones that were the size Star-tack. of a chiclet. Remember how small the StarTac was? Yeah. Everybody wanted a little StarTac. Let me get a StarTac. I went through two or three of those things because the flip mechanism. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened, uh, I think more more than anything else, is that the, the, the visual screen came, and now the web joined the phone. Oh, then we have to be able to see what we want. And they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and now you got a phablet. Yeah, you're right. So the only direction to go is the other one, which yeah. is down to the four-inch Yeah, phone. and the other thing is that uh, I think this phone is more not for, uh, it's not like I call it the second tier phone of Apple. Mm-hmm. This is going to be more for, you know, uh, I get an iPhone 6 Plus and my kid gets a 4 mm-hmm. or something like that. Oh, or, or, or basically, really, it's going to be the other way around because the kids always get the better technology anyway. They usually do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's going to be more of that type of situation because actually that 4-inch form factor was a great factor. It was. And uh, I, I think they're just going to take advantage of it because they had the tooling pretty much in place for it. And they can just go ahead and, and make a good market out of it. Because, face it, if you make it any bigger, you might as well call the iPad a phone. <laughs> That's true. That's true. You get to that. Uh, they're saying, in some of the analysts that I see here, that it could end up with a price tag around $350. And the thing about it is, it's not just size. It will now have a lot of that advanced technology yeah. that is in the bigger phones. Right. Uh, the, uh, the double touch, the... Um, the the uh, force touch. The force touch on yes. it. Yeah. And uh, some of the antenna technology and a few things that they learned with the big phones will now be down in that smaller form factor. So I'm waiting for the, uh, the second version of the iWatch. Is yeah. that going to come out? What do you think? That's a good question. Nobody's talking think, about it. I'm, yeah, thinking, yeah. I'm thinking that's a September tool. Is it? Okay. And I'll tell you the reason why. It's because it's closer to Christmas, which makes it right. you know more of a remarkable thing. So I think that's going to be a September, September tool. I think we're going to see better, some more software enhancements for it. That's, yep. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. in this announcement, but I don't think we're going to get a new watch. New watch. See, I'm waiting for that second version of the watch, and then I'll put a, a headphone, a Bluetooth headphone in my ear, a really small one, not one that sticks out, but one that goes really into the ear, almost looks like a hearing aid. Um, and uh, and then I'll be able to hear, and I'll be able to talk through the watch on my wrist, right? right? Uh-huh. I won't have anything up, up above. Yeah. And while I'm listening, I don't have to have my hand up and when I talk, I will, and it'll keep me from talking more. I'll listen more, right? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's the whole purpose of having a Bluetooth if you're going to be putting your arm up to your wrist when you can just talk through the Bluetooth? Well, you can't talk. Well, because you know what? You, you actually make a, a good point. I don't know. Um, the oh, my God, for thinking, once, I made a good point. This is great. I love this. Go ahead. There was one other We time. have tape I can't on. remember it. I can't remember what it is. Uh, we'll have to dig it out of the archives from about 10 years ago. Uh, but, but the point is that the, this one little um, 
headphone that I've been watching. Yes. And there's been now a whole bunch of different brands that are coming out. But they're really, really small. There, there's no arm that, that sticks out. It really just goes right into the ear. Like I said, it, well, there's it, been, um, it, all, it almost disappears. There's been some talk, Cal, about this thing, this new uh, four-inch uh, iPhone not having a phone jack. Uh, but that there will be no hole there. And there's been some uh, talk online about different cases that are available, and there's no hole for they plug, you know, to plug in a headset. Yeah, you shouldn't. That know. it's going to be a wireless uh, affair, and that the uh, the head uh, the headphones will be as, kind of like a little halo. You get the, the earpieces, and then it'll come down to a device apparently that like a Bluetooth has, receiver. Like a, right, exactly. It comes down to that. So that's another thing that'll be kind of interesting. Uh, just quickly before we um, we go to the break, one of the other things I see here is that um, Apple has released the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, the big one, and then the much more petite 7.9-inch mini uh, iPad mini last uh, four last fall. So what they're saying on Monday, in some cases, they're going to release a 9.7-inch iPad. Go back to be, the original. Uh, follow-up to the iPad Air 2, apparently. Yeah, and and I think it, I think that's the way to go, because if you're going to compete, I in my opinion with uh, well, I don't even want to call it competing because the Surface and the iPads are actually They're two different. different things. They are different. Yeah. Uh, but but if you want something that's a little smaller that people like, and especially women like something they can tuck into their purse easily, but has more power than the current iPads, then that size and form factor would be. Perfect for that yep. sort of thing. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Although I will tell you that the 6 Plus phone, yes. I use that instead of my iPad now. I mean, it's just it's it's big enough that I can actually use it for the iPad. And if I need anything bigger, then I do go to the Surface. If I was more uh, of an artistic nature and was doing touch-up on photos out in the field and stuff like that, yeah, I'd want something larger than the yeah, phone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Gal, well, that's coming up on, the, uh, on Monday uh, out in Sun and Cupertino at the home of Apple, and uh, we'll keep our eye on that, and we'll post things on our Facebook page and at internetadvisor.net. Coming up in just a second, take a look at uh, Microsoft forcing the Windows 10 upgrades. We're joined by Cal Carson as well, our Mac expert and member of our team. Cal, good to have you along. Thank you for coming in. It's always a pleasure to be here. And now, you normally, we handle the Mac stories when we're talking with you. This is a, a Microsoft story that showed up this week. I heard it first when I listened to um, Leo Laporte's uh, Windows Weekly, which I listen to as a regular. It's a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and Paul Therott and Mary Jo Foley, who are two probably of the um, best commentators on, on Microsoft out there, and kind of the inside story of what's going on there. Right. They... They announced this, and, I, and it shocked me when I heard it at first. And uh, what they said was that there are people out there who are reporting that they are being forced to upgrade their Windows 7 to Windows 10. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah. And even Leo Laporte at the time said, well, this is Wednesday. He said, well, let's see. that." Well, what happened was CNET published a, um, a letter from somebody, or I should say a, a message from somebody, uh, that showed uh, a screen in which they were literally being forced to upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10. And um, let me just tell you what they, what they wrote, and I'll, I'll read it. Because this is what I want to do. I want to find out if there are any other people who are listening to this right now in our listening audience here who have experienced this kind of thing, where without your wanting to make the upgrade, and this person gives real good reasons why they won't, don't want to do that, 
you suddenly have found that Microsoft says, oh, okay, we're all scheduled to do your Windows 10 upgrade. Uh, get ready, here it comes. And the only alternative you have is um, to give them a, a different time. But when you give them that different time uh, than the one they say you're going to do, stand by because you're going to wake up to Windows 10. Anyway. Yeah, this, and I think the, the one that you're talking about is a CNET member, right? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. He's a, a member of their 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 audience. And they, and they what they do every week is they publish a, um, a letter uh, from their listeners, or from their readers, rather. And it's called the Windows 10 Forum. And uh, this person uh, said they were forced to upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10. So what I want to do, while I read this, what I want to do is open up our phone lines at 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957 for the next... Oh, about 20 minutes. If you've experienced this where suddenly you're finding things popping up on your screen that say you are being upgraded, not would you like to, but you are going to be upgraded and you don't want that to happen, I'd be very interested to hear from you. 800-859-0957. All right, here's what happened. Uh, um, Let's see. I'm being forced to upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10 by Windows. Please see the screenshot. And then they show a picture of a screen that popped up that says, schedule your upgrade. And essentially it says, it's going to happen at uh, 3 p.m. on this date. Um, confirm the time and close or start the upgrade now. Those are the only two alternatives that you're given on this screen. Well, you know something? When you said that, I was just trying to think of something. And I'm wondering from a technical aspect whether you could do this. It won't upgrade unless... I noticed that when I've I've done uh, Windows 10's upgrades before, before it will download the upgrade, it will run a check of your system to see if it is compatible for that upgrade. Mm -hmm. So if your minimum requires that you have 6 gig of memory in your machine, if you took 2 gig out, would the upgrade still force its way down? That's a good question. Because this file, apparently, you know, some of that is taken care of in the background. Very good question. Let me continue to read what he says. Um, I tried to task manager close this update window, but it just reappears moments after. I don't see any other option other than update it now or update it later at a specific time, which cannot be changed. Last night, Windows automatically just started upgrading to Windows 10. It didn't ask me if I wanted to. It did. I didn't click on anything to upgrade. Nothing. In fact, I stepped away from the computer but saw the upgrading in progress screen. It just started an automatic upgrade. After about 20 to 30 minutes when it upgraded, tried Windows 10, and I don't like it. My video card acts weird on it. My screen flashes even after it's fully installed and rebooted. I like my widgets that show a a number of things here. Widgets are not allowed in Windows 10. I know a lot of commands and locations for things in Windows 7, and I don't want to have them again. Uh, I have a feeling that more of my hardware is going to have an issue with Windows 10. After all these problems, I actually did a system restore to get Windows 7 back last night. Now today, less than 24 hours after the automatic upgrade, it's forcing me to upgrade again by only giving me the two options, upgrade now or upgrade at another time. I may upgrade to Windows 10 in a few years, but I don't want to be forced to do so now. Microsoft has been offering Windows 10 for free for a while now. If I had wanted it, I would have gotten it. I have seen the little window pop up saying, Upgrade now for a limited time, almost daily. I see the advertisement on MSN's homepage to Upgrade Now. 
Shouldn't it be my choice, not forced, if I want to upgrade? They are only giving me two options, both of which is to upgrade right now or in a few days. No option to not upgrade or leave me alone. I'm frustrated. Any suggestions? So, wow. I, uh, so for, I do not believe that Microsoft should force people to upgrade right. from 7 to 10. Once they give you free 10, then if they want to take an adjust 10 mm-hmm. by adding features, taking features away, sure, which they probably would never do, but they could add features, they can take... Windows 10 will be the last thing that you will install as a complete version. They're just going to do what a lot of other companies are doing with their software, which is which is what Google does, right? It, mm-hmm. it just, every couple days to every couple weeks, they might take and, and change what they have right. out there. And they can do that because they gave it to you free, Yep. right? But because you buy Windows 7, they can't take Windows 7 away from you. Well, apparently that's what they're doing in yeah, this particular case. I don't case. think that's right. I, and, Cal, I'm interested in your opinion. Now, I'm not an attorney, so... But, by the way, but our, our but number here is 800-859-0957, and we've got uh, Carolyn Sterling Heights in just a minute, but go ahead, Cal. Unless somewhere buried in in that all that legalese that we click when we say we accept, and God knows I've never read this stuff in my life, uh, if it says something in there where, you know, I've agreed that, you know, with this license, even right. though I'm buying a license, you're right. it's you're Windows buying, 7. You're buying a license, not and, buying the software. And that that's sort of thing. Point. If I agreed to all that sort of thing, you know, maybe I am. Yeah, the, the question is, maybe maybe I agreed someplace back along the lines of that, and, and that's what's happened. Let's talk to Carol. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. How you doing? Oh, this is a great topic because this happened to me last week. And I did not. You're an early adopter. (laughs) (laughs) This is perfect. I just came home from grocery shopping on the on the drive back. Here's your question. I've got to get in here. Okay. Because I lost. I feel like I lost two hours of my life Uh (laughs) with fretting. I called the IT guy because not only was I not scheduled, um, I kept delaying it, and I I just found out how long we have to delay it. Like sometime with June or July. Yeah. So I go, I'm good. I got to call the IT guys from the office I work remotely from. Mm-hmm. So I was on a remote session, internet up, my computer on, nothing backed up. I just bought a, 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 a external hard drive to back the computer up before I do an upgrade. Yep. And I wanted to talk to the IT guy to the office I work for at mm-hmm. home. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I walk out of the office, I come back in, and I see the splash. So there must have been a dialogue box up. And all of a sudden, my keyboard is rendered useless, and it's upgrading to Windows 10. To Windows 10. And I'm on Windows 7 Professional, so I wanted to make sure, am I going to get home premium? It mm-hmm. has to be professional when, you, when you've got this business link. Mm-hmm. You know, good, you have very to have good a professional point. version. Yeah, very well, good. fortunately, I had a good outcome. I don't have a lot of stuff on my computer, but having all of that, all that up and, and running and this thing just taken off on me, I didn't lose anything. So so the end result was positive. Good. But <laughs> I had nothing backed up. It was, I called the IT guy. I said, should I turn the power off to my house? I can't do anything. I love it. I love it. Oh, my. Should I hide in the we basement? Gotta, we got to hold Carol Carol, over. hang on. Yeah. <laughs> we got to hear more about this story. Carol's with us. We're talking about uh, Microsoft apparently forcing, forcing Windows 7 users 
to upgrade to Windows 10. If it's happened to you, we want to hear 800-859-0957. I got to hear more about Carol's story coming up in just a moment. We seem to have uh, stirred up a bit of a hornet's nest here. Carol <laughs> called us from Sterling Heights, Carol. And uh, this is not a sky is falling kind of thing. It's actually happening. By the way, we thought this came from uh, the CNET community. CNET is a major site for news about stuff that's happening on the Internet. And it's that's C as in Charlie, N-E-T. And uh, the CNET community is they take like a letter or a message from one of their members in the community. And then what they say is, here's what they say. Have you got any advice for them? And then people respond to it. Well, the member that called in says, I'm being forced to upgrade from Windows 7 to Windows 10. So what we've asked is, is there anybody else out there who has experienced this? And- Carol, you said you did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't win the lottery like I do. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that lucky. Um, yeah, it, like I said, I walked out of the room, so there was a dialogue box that came up that might have said, giving you another chance, although maybe yeah. I used too many remind me later, you know. Stop stop um, me if you can kind of box, right? Well, that, you know, and that wouldn't yeah, be... Yeah, but you know what? I don't know if there was a way yeah. to click on anything. It just said, it's flat upgrade. Okay, so have you well, gotten... I didn't but see anything else. Have you gotten back to Windows 7? No, I kept Windows 10. In fact, I like okay. Windows 10. In All right. I, See, I, so I that's part of the problem, isn't it? We've been telling people. So it's not about yeah. Windows 10 or Windows 7 and having to keep Windows 7 because right. Carol likes it. I think people, some people have um, have to get used to it. I like Windows 10. I liked it immediately. Mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Um, and it's right. so much better for you. It's faster. It's lighter weight. Yeah. It's better security. Yeah, and I, and I, I did take the tutorial at Micro Center just a couple of weeks before all this happened. Okay, good so for I, you. you know, good for I, you. Good for you. You know, I was a bit more familiar with it, but I was concerned that because yep. I was on Windows Professional, that I upgraded to 10, Windows 10 Professional, which I did. Carol, which just I a, looked up on the internet. Mm-hmm. Just a quick question I, for you: Did anything happen? Yeah. Just a quick question: Did anything happen to your computer? Was there anything that malfunctioned or doesn't quite work the same way now that you're on Windows 10? Not that I've noticed. Okay, because this guy, I mean, his his video card went nuts. Yeah, but he could take and go oh. to the video card manufacturer, download mm. the new driver, and he would have a better operating system. So here's the real problem, I think. We're Americans. <laughs> Nobody forces us to do anything, that's right? right. Uh. We're free to do what we want to. That's what we, that's what, you know. I'm American, don't, especially in this election year, God help us. And because we're Americans yeah. and because we have free enterprise, go buy yourself an Apple. They don't force you. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, and snap. there's competition, yes. Hey, thanks, Carol. We're going to check on some of the other people who have called in as well. Here's uh, Maynard from Livonia. Maynard, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How you doing? Oh, fairly well, thank you. And you? Good. Well, you're yeah. doing well because I can hear you. Good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, it's good that he's I'm, back with us and not in the hospital This anymore, sounds like so. we opened up Fibber McGee's <laughs> closet. Um, Maynard, have you had this experience of being forced to upgrade? Twice. Twice? Uh, one, both of them on Windows 7 machines. Okay. What one happened? One of them, I allowed it to happen as an experiment. Oh, okay. But, but uh, I actually stopped it before that. So what happened? Did, did it just suddenly started to upgrade, or did you choose that, or what? It started to upgrade, and so you and decided. I did not that. And you decided you didn't want it for what reason? First of all, I'm running uh, Windows Seven Professional on one, and and the other one happens to be Windows Seven Home Premium. But I'm using Windows Media Center, mm-hmm. oh. and I want to keep the usefulness of Media Center. I'm mm-hmm. running in my house, believe it or not. I'm running. Yeah. 
one, two, three, four, five computers off a server. I don't. I, you know something? I don't think there's a media center in Windows 10. I don't think is that the is that, there is, is that, not. Yeah, yeah so you I, have to download it separately. Barely even play any media center files. So now I'm curious as heck. How did you? Uh, what was the workaround to get around that upgrade that you did? Well, because I'm trying to remember what all I did. Basically, I managed to get into Windows Update, and I managed to. Uh, first of all, I, I rebooted the computer. Okay. Okay. And as it was coming back up, I went into Windows Upgrade. Ah. Uh, update or Windows Update? Oh, Windows Update. Yes. Update. Mm-hmm. I went into Windows Update. When I went into Windows Update, I uh, went back and. Did a search for available updates, mm-hmm. and at that time it came up as an optional update. Of course, you know, even though they were forcing me to do it, I hit it. Mm-hmm. I right clicked on it and hit it. Okay, and it stopped. So I, I, run through that again quickly for me. You went to uh, what the update function, though, right? Yeah, Windows Update. And what did you do in Windows Update? I did a search for available updates. I gotcha. Okay. And the Windows 10 update showed up in the search as a, uh, I don't know what it's optional, whatever the secondary update right. is. Right, right, right. And I right clicked on it and I hit it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you. And after hiding it, it didn't make any attempt upgrading me again. I gotcha. I gotcha. Because one of the things, guys, that I've heard is that you can go into on the control panel in Windows 7. And under updates, I believe you can get to in Windows 7. I haven't got it in front of me. Um, but I believe that you can go for the different kinds of upgrades. And uh, as a matter of fact, one of the people who answered, I believe, had something along those lines that you can change the recommended updates. And in other words, you can change the choices that are in there as to how you install updates. So under yeah, the, well, I had done that. I, I, I do not allow Windows to install anything automatically. Oh, so you had done that already? Yeah, that's the only reason I got, I could stop them. Ah, and what is the setting there that you chose that allowed you that? The first setting is uh, do not automatically install. Okay. Download and notify me. That's it. Okay, so don't automatically install. You have to go into Windows Update to do that, right? That's correct. And then I went a step further because it was still sneaking around. Okay. And I had to go to the next one, which is notify me of updates Ah. and let me install. Okay. And those are two options that you can choose when you go into Windows Update on Windows 7, right? And Windows 8. And Windows 8 as well. Okay. And Windows 8. I tried it on Windows 8 on you. That's important to know. Okay. So, and you got to those through uh, the control panel? Uh, Yeah. Windows Updates in the control panel. Okay. I got you. It's just amazing that... Without the fact that I had already... Way back when, in my due to my paranoid nature, I stopped Microsoft from downloading anything to my computer until I see what it is. Okay, so that's that's your normal course of action. So that that that, that was really yeah. good that you were able to drill down deep into that and find those uh, selections in there. What triggered you to go there? Did you have uh, did you read that from somewhere else, or were you able to find out that information, or did you just know it on your own? Kind of all of the above. Okay. <laughs> well, that sounds a, great. I do a lot of uh, wandering around within my computer and messing it up, which is why I wind up backing it up fully. Every third day. <laughs> in this particular in case, world. though, you've given us, I think, for, the, for our listeners out there, this is the formula to get into changing those settings in Windows 7 and Windows 8 
and, and talking about, you know, not automatically allowing for the downloads and then wanting to see what the download is going to be so that you have that control over it. And it yeah, seems to be... Download in, uh, I don't have my computers in front of me right now. I'm away yeah. from home, but uh, I'm just going from memory. Otherwise, I'd look at the screen and tell you exactly what it says. But that's the gist of it. Okay. And I would do that for anyone who has not been hit by this yet. Yep. Do that immediately. Excellent. Hey, thank you for that advice. It's excellent advice, Maynard. And folks, that is kind of what they, people came to uh, in the article as people responded to that initial letter uh, at uh, CNET Community was that you need to go into the settings on Windows 7 or Windows 8, remove that automatic upgrade, and then also check off the box that says, I want to see what's coming down. That's an upgrade, and then I want to have the choice of what to let you know upgrade it. Because in this case, if it's automatic, it may do what it's done to yeah, these other stop people. stop it from automatically doing it, and then go do it anyway, because Windows 10 is so much better. Okay, thank you so much for this hour. It's been a fascinating hour, and I think at the very end, we've topped it off with a really good answer to the problem, uh, because that seems to be worth working for the folks on the forum on CNET as well. Hey, we got this. is just hour one coming up the next hour. We're going to be talking with the folks from LTU, Lawrence Tech University, about summer school. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to mitechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage. Now, let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Hi, this is Foster Brown. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. We have two hours ahead of us. And in this hour, we're going to be talking about having fun in the summer sun for your kids, okay? (laughs) The rest of us will just be glad to have summer sun back. And it's coming. It's coming eventually. Also, in our second hour, which will be from 5 until 6 o'clock, we'll be answering your questions. Shane Hamlin's with us. By the way, he heard from Microsoft about that change that was coming, and he'll have a special word for us about that as well. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. A whole bunch of people in studio here. We're having a lot of fun uh, in between time. Uh, Cal Carson's with us as well, along with Shane Hamlin. Shane, good to have you with us. Hello. How are you? Shane, you yes. at your business, uh, and I wanted to have you chime in on this quickly before we get to our guests who are yeah. in the studio and we're going to be talking with the rest of the hour. Um, you ran into this business of mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the Microsoft forced, forced updates. Correct. You went ahead and called Microsoft. Yeah, I wanted that. to find out because I had customers saying, you know, hey, it, uh, overnight, and I woke up in the morning, and I've got 10. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, that's not going to happen. I said, you must have done something. And they said, no. Nope. So I got on the phone with Microsoft after several attempts to finally get someone here in the States. Uh, they said a long, long, long time ago, when they first announced uh, that Windows 10 was coming down and rolling down, they asked mm-hmm. you if you wanted to reserve your free copy. And a lot of people said yes, and that's what it's kind of triggering that. Oh. So they're going to get back to those people. I do remember that. And I'm finding most of the people that are getting forced upgraders are older folks, and they may have not remembered. And, well, and Listen, kinda, okay, I'm know. an older folk, well, I, yeah. and apparently that's my problem. I didn't remember that I had said, yeah, I'd be yeah. interested in it. Let me know. And that's what's happening. 
Actually, as you know, the machine that we got, we bought for Ginny yeah. uh, at your shop already has Windows 10 on it. It did. She's been using it and enjoying it, so that hasn't upset, been a problem yeah. for us. And I tell the people that did get forced, we'll do this quickly, if they did get forced to upgrade, roll with it. It'll be okay. Everything, the world isn't ending. Yeah. Uh, you're going to wind up eventually having a better operating system. Okay, but you know, I, me and Foster were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. It checks to see if you have all the requirements for 10. Correct. So let's say 10 requires 6 gig of memory. If I pull 2 gig out, will it not load? If it ran a scan again, but it already probably scanned it once yeah. before and said, you got 6 and I ain't buying it. Okay. <laughs> I wouldn't trust him either. So. Yeah. <laughs> it says, He's a Mac it user. Says, you no. can't trust him. <laughs> it says, no, uh-uh, Cal. Right across but the just like I said to Gary, you know something? You click something and you agreed to it <laughs> yeah. and you didn't read it. Yeah. And we never do. Who does, yeah, right? We never do. Yeah. That, that, is, that is a general problem. I want to introduce somebody else in the studio here, an old friend of ours, Matt Rausch. It's so good to see you. Well, I'm happy to be back. Thanks. Thank you so much. Much for joining us here at studio. Uh, I'm sure you've you've heard these kind of battles before, where people are so I didn't call for it, and you've answered questions over the years for people on on those things. But you've got a new position now. I do indeed. I am now a director of media relations and managing editor of the University News Bureau at Lawrence Technological University, which is a fantastic STEM-based school, big in science and technology and engineering yeah. and architecture that I've been covering for years. Now I'm working there. We had the pleasure, for me, a delight of speaking with the boss over there, Dr. Verender Mudgill, who was our guest, uh, must have been about three years ago, was shortly after he arrived. What a neat guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we should have him back. I think we definitely have to have him back, and now we've got an inside track. That's true. (laughs) Yes, our friend and partner. I can, yeah. partner. Yeah, partner through Mike Brennan. Yeah, that's right. In fact, we'll have Mike on. You'll have to stay till the five o'clock hour, and uh, he'll be, uh, unless he's listening, of course, which he sometimes does, he won't know you're on, and you'll have to say, hey, Mike, come on the show. Yeah, I'm back in the studio. You've done, matter of fact, uh, you do a regular podcast yourselves with the Podcast Detroit uh, uh, Network. Uh, it's called M Squared uh, TechCast, and I've heard some excellent guests that you had on there. And a matter of fact, I think that I heard the guest who's in our studio with us right now yep. on the program caught my attention. Why don't you introduce your guest from uh, LTU? Okay. Well, yeah, she uh, she warmed up uh, for this appearance. You know, she had to practice in order to be, you know, really on her game, so she'll be going out over this signal. Um, but it's uh, Lisa Kuyawa is her name. She is our assistant provost, um, and she is in charge of our K-12 STEM outreach and a variety of programs in that regard. One of those we're here to talk about today is our super-duper STEM summer camp. So oh, yeah. welcome, Lisa. Yes. Lisa, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Lisa, pleasure. So you're, you're, you're kind of targeted at your future students, aren't you? Yeah, my position at the university is really about enrollment, and so the summer camps, 48% of those students end up enrolling, so it's wow. a great opportunity wow. for us. Well, great... And this is K through 12, so you're getting the little bitty kids uh, all the way through 12, am I right? for the, so, the the su- so the summer camps are for sophomores, juniors, and seniors in high school. Oh, okay, okay. But Thank we do you. have outreach, so I'd like to talk some about that I, as I well. Do, I, I do want to talk about that because it goes down to K as well, down to kindergarten, starting yes. down there. And just talk a little bit about STEM for a second before we get to this first break. Um, what is STEM for people who are listening? Why is it important? So STEM is very important. Uh, they're the jobs of the future. And when you look at the unemployment rates for those types of jobs in computer science and different uh, life sciences like biomedical engineering, you'll see that we need those students. Mm. And STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. At LTU, we, we say STEAM, 
science, technology, engineering, art, design. There Amen. you go, Gary. That's I his. Was, uh, that's his. You saw. must have listened. <laughs> been listening because uh, we were talking about that that last hour. Yeah, and the thought, arts okay, is a very important gonna, inclusion. In it that. is included. Absolutely. Um, so that's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. Steam okay. is very important. Now, as you said, your your job is to is it to interest people. I'm fascinated. Forty eight percent of those who come into these programs. Yes, as as parents, which I'm sure many of us are in this room, yeah, yeah. It, parents want an educational opportunity for their son or daughter, and for a sophomore, junior, or senior exploring their passion. That's what these summer camps are all about. We started with three. We have thirty. Over five hundred students come to the camps. Over wow. two hundred and fifty of them are out of state students. And it really does give them one week length of an opportunity to understand that field, that career. And it explores their, do I really want to be an engineer? Do I have that skill? Do I really think design is more my passion? And at the end, they figure that out. That is really fascinating. I know Mike uh, uh, Brennan, who uh, we've taken his name in vain in any number of times, wrote an an article called Having Fun Learning at Lawrence Tech Summer Camps. And he's got some neat things like a forensic summer science institute. I want to do it. I want to do that one. Can you let grandpas in as well? Well, sure. we'll get to that in just a minute. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with the folks from Lawrence Technology University. I got that right. Technological. Technological okay. University. Okay, yep. I got it proper on it. And Lisa Kunyawa, who's the uh, assistant provost, is with us back in just a minute to talk about some of those fun camps coming up this summer. Well, here we are, uh, one day, uh, probably less than 24 hours away from the first day of spring, I think. And uh, we're already casting our eyes toward the summer and summer camps. And we have with us in studio Lisa Kiyawa. She is the assistant provost at LTU, Lawrence Technological University. And uh, we've, we've got the translation, by the way, Lisa. The assistant provost means that you are the chief academic officer. Well, my boss is. Oh, your boss is. Yes, okay, so yes. as the assistant, you're the assistant to <laughs> yes. the chief academic officer. Okay. <laughs> Not going to take her uh, her job. You know, oh, nor the responsibility, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But you have the responsibility, I understand, then for managing the summer camps. Am I right? Yes, the summer camps. Uh, actually, I'd like to talk a minute, if you don't mind. The reason why we started these camps was when the economy was doing so poorly and oh, yeah. Many people in the media were talking about the fact that engineering was never going to come back. Manufacturing jobs were gone. Oh, I remember those conversations. Right? And so then we said, you know what? Let's show people that engineering really is a need in this country. Mm-hmm. And so we started with three camps, and now we have 30. Wow. Um, and, and it's been a great way to showcase the kinds of degree programs that are at a STEM-focused university like Lawrence Technological University. So, Lisa, from these camps, have you ever made a study to see how many kids actually went to the camp and then said, hey, you know, I want to go to LT. Yeah, forty-eight percent of those students will end up enrolling. Ooh. Students who had no desire or even thinking of mm-hmm. Lawrence Tech as an option for them, um, they and why? My belief, my strong belief, is we have great faculty, and of course, as many of you know, our history is uh, the Lawrence brothers' mission of theory and practice, and so really that is taken to the camp level. So these camps are one week in length. For example, our biomedical engineering camp, they will partner with Beaumont, and the students will go to Beaumont and do experiments. Our transportation design camp, they bring in seven or eight different types of experts in that field, along with our own faculty. They start with clay modeling. They move to design software, and they're building something. At the end, they culminated into a massive project. So these students are actually learning hands-on field experience that will give them that idea of if they really want what career they want and what major and let's face it 
when you go, when you're going to college, this opportunity this early for a pre-college planning opportunity is exceptional. You need oh, to do yeah. it. I always encourage parents. Parents ask all the time about what can I do to have my student know more about what they want to do. Well, this is a great way. And when you when everyone's talking about higher education and student debt, this is the first way to stop that or at least lessen it because you're finding out much earlier. How many of those kids qualify for scholarships uh, through this program, or is there any opportunities like that? So that's a great question. So what we do is um, all the students that attend are the first people that get the options uh, for our scholarships. Oh, the wow. devil, you say? Yes. <laughs> and, and so why do we do that? Because these are really high academic students. Um, they're not just coming to be lectured to. They have to actually participate. In some of the camps, you have uh, uh, homework afterwards. So they're actually really... And it's summertime, too. That's so right. <laughs> that's right. But these are kids that are hungry. They, they, they like uh, the engineering, the STEM-type situations. So they're you know, doing homework and sometimes okay with them, right? STEM, Absolutely. again, being science, technology, engineering, and Correct. Math. And so it's it fun. That's and what's it is fun. fun. Yeah. Right? Now, Gary, we, we've asked the question before. Engineers I, often say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're concerned about women being involved in technology. I, what's the percentage of girls that you find uh, participate in LTU in the summer Camps. So that's a great question also because it's improved um, dramatically. So I would say it's probably 60-40 now. There's more women that participate than than the males. Except for a camp like automotive engineering, you might have one or two students that are women, but ultimately the majority of the camps are women. Yeah, let me let me just interject here two things. One Not of the Roche. things that one of the things that I thought was the coolest when I was writing the press release for these summer camps is at the biotech camp the kids actually do gene splicing in bacteria. No. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, you're you're a 10th grader and you're doing genes. I don't know what you were doing in 10th grade, but it wasn't that. that. Yeah, <laughs> it know? certainly wasn't that. <laughs> you know, and and the other thing was the the really big growth area for women for us uh it, one of them anyway is is the biomedical program which is now just about 50-50 at Lawrence Tech. And that's that's true in a lot of places, but mm-hmm. it's been true for us. It's interesting. One of my daughters just got her doctorate in bio, uh, re, um, in research, and she was a research scientist, uh, now with the uh, VA. But that was that was her field for being involved in. So so these kids out here listening, uh, you know, go to LTU, get a great education, pick up a chick, too. You know, be a good <laughs> there you go. That could be our new marketing <laughs> I'll talk to Dr. Modgill when I get chicks. back. <laughs> and a smart one, too. Let's, let's talk about some of the camps that are available. Just as before, Because I, what I want to do, and Cal mentioned this, and we will, folks, before we get out of this, talk about some of the practical things about signing up for it and where people go to get that kind of information. But what, let's talk about some of the other camps. You mentioned uh, the biotech camp. Uh, what are some of the other ones that are out there? So one of the ones you mentioned before the break was the forensic science. Oh, yeah. Camp, and that is actually that fills up so quickly Mm, Um, and that is almost like a CSI workshop and the students they had they do experiments on deceased animals uh, they have they set up crime uh, situations with the animals all over campus, <laughs> and students love it. And we have two really young faculty members who are just exceptional, um, and they do a lot of research in this area. And so they they are, they're in charge of the camp. So that's one of them. Architectural engineering is another one, one of the fastest growing programs at LTU, along with as Matt said, biomedical engineering. So the architectural engineers go out to different sites during the camp, and they begin to build different things based on architectural engineering principles. Mm. So every one of them is different. 
uh, but all of them are really uh, a great opportunity for young people to get yeah, involved right. in stuff. See, one was called Nanotechnology Camp? Yes. It's Everything small. Nanotechnology. Bitsy, bitsy things. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, do you have a camp in, uh, uh, y- we talk about STEAM, and, and that's the arts. So I, I know, like, if you start talking about stuff like what Apple was doing, Steve Jobs, industrial design, the the, the taking the the new innovation and making it look really slick and pretty, uh, do you do any camps in, in that particular regard? Yes, we have a whole uh, variety of camps in architecture. So one is industrial design, uh, where they uh, take a variety of things. Some are technology-based, some are um, transportation-based, like automotive or trains, and, and build things and develop uh, project-based learning in regards to those areas, yes. Yes. The campus is full during the summer. They're they're everywhere. I want to also just have a shout out. We have two relationships with the Detroit Public Schools in Birmingham, Brother Rice, mm. where we're doing middle school camps. I oh. often get questions about middle school camps. Yeah, because um, the ones we've been talking about so far are for high schoolers. Yes. And yes. that would be, you said, uh, give me the, the ages of, for the ones we've been talking about so far. 10th graders through 12th graders. Okay, that's 10 through 12. Yes. And then the middle schoolers. Will be for 6th, 7th, and 8th. Okay, six. What about the ninth and ten, ninth graders? So, so, no offense to the ninth graders. <laughs> Love ninth graders. Um, it's really about the maturity of the information in the camps mm-hmm. and yeah. um, the emotional intelligence. So, it's that's just best ninth through twelfth grade. It's something they grow into. That's exactly yeah, right. That's <laughs> something to look good, forward to. Nice way to put it. They've got a lot to deal with that year, right? So they can take a break. Yeah. They, they have no idea what they're in for. So good answer. Uh, that's raging hormones number one yeah. and two. Oh boy, I've got some grandchildren who are approaching that. Grace, no offense to you, hun. Um, but it's. Yeah. I was going to say she's screening your calls. You better. I know. <laughs> no, no, no. no it's that's not that. Oh, not okay. Yeah, right. she's grandfather screen. Okay. Okay, Who is uh, she's in eighth grade right oh, now and oh, and heads right. so that that's a that's a challenging year I can tell it, you yes it is it's a year of a lot of turmoil just before you're getting into high school and and that ninth grade year is a year of a lot of adjustments but uh, the key thing the, okay is the camps we've been talking about then so far are for tenth through twelfth grade yes and the middle school what kind of thing are they doing things like this but are they different at same at LTU as well okay so um, the for the D- middle school yes the DPS partnership we have is mm. called the Blue Devil Scholars Program and it is a partnership with Samson Weber Leadership Academy and Northwestern Collegiate Prep and it's a variety of different things focused around STEM um, we do uh, professional training our faculty with their teachers um, we have them come to our campus for a variety of things but we are going to do middle school camps on our campus in math, science, technology, engineering, art. Okay, this the summer. whole STEAM yes, range. Excellent. Absolutely. And it's based on the curriculum that those students need to know. Um, so it's whatever the core, the common core that they're working from. Um, and Go ahead. So, so that's going to happen this summer, and we're going to put that out on our website as soon as it's ready. Excellent. Okay, when we come back, I want to take care of some of the practical details for people who are listening, their grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, yes. dads, moms. So they can uh, get going on this because I know this is not too early to get your kids involved. Yeah, we'll close in, in May, so. Ah, we got to get this going, yes. folks, and we'll do that in just a minute here on the Internet Advisor. As we're going back, I want to say thank you very much to uh, Mike Stett and uh, Logan Standifer and Rich Lusinski, who have been the folks behind the glass helping us to keep this merry menagerie alive. And uh, thank also uh, Matt Roush, who's in studio with here. Matt, thanks so much for helping us to arrange this conversation we're having right now. 
That's an old friend of ours. He's now the director of media relations at LTU. Yes, I am. I've been there. You know, I've been there all of uh, six weeks now. So I'm kind of a you know veteran there now. So, you know, <laughs> no, we we had two people in the marketing uh, department, uh, marketing and public affairs department. Uh, they had two openings in the past year for the first time in like ten years. So wow. you know, that'll tell you what kind of workplace it is. You know, people don't want to leave. I understand, and you're doing a great job. And thank you very much for bringing Lisa Kuyawa, who is the assistant provost for LTU, is in the studio with us right now. We've been talking uh, during the last uh, part of the hour about uh, summer camps at LTU, and we've been talking about the content. Again, the focus for the, for the campus uh, this summer, and these will be when? When are these going to be taking place? That's a great question. So Oop, the first yeah, press the button there. There you go. We got it. Apologize. The first uh, week it starts June 20th. Okay. Next one is July 11th. Next one is July 18th. And the next one is July 25th. Okay. So definitely June, July yes. will be the main months for this. And uh, and if somebody wants to have, you know, get more information about this to get their child involved in it, let's talk a little bit about some of the practicalities. Uh, what are some of the costs in, in, in sending a child to a camp? So we have two kinds of costs. If you want to be a commuter student and just come for the the day and then leave Mm -hmm. um that's one price and that's roughly about five hundred dollars with lunch included and then if you want to be a residential student where you stay on campus um that's about seven hundred dollars and at night it's we do a tigers game we go bowling we do putt putt um the students get that educational opportunity to see what it's like on a college campus okay so they live in the dorms oh that is a lot of fun great so that's something really to think about especially for somebody that say who is a, a junior or a senior are going into those years in high school in the next year be a great time for them to get this kind of that sense of what it's like to be on a campus and it is a nice feeling for them what's really cool frankly is when they come as freshmen and then they're rooming together so i think that's just so oh, great they met at the yeah. camps then we have chaperones um and some of the chaperones were at the summer camps so it's kind of like this evolving circle kind of the circle of life for education really and uh, it's been a great experience and i'm really happy that we started this what are the pop what are the mechanics then of, of getting uh, so, more information about this v- very simply if they go to ltu.edu mm-hmm. and the search box put summer camps gotcha. click on the first link and you'll be able to see everything it, it has a video actually that uh, shows last year's camps and students talking about their experiences the forms are there it has the descriptions the dates the times the costs everything is right there and my email is on there as well it's lkujawa at ltu.edu always okay. uh, religious about answering my emails particularly from parents so please Excellent. call email uh, we're happy to have you. I love it. A really personal connection with that, Lisa Coyoa. Uh That's going to be for the summer camps that are on campus. And there are how many of them that are going to be there? You mentioned, f- was it four? There are actually 30 camps. Oh, 30 camps. I'm, yes. I'm thinking of There's the sessions. There's four weeks. Those yep. different things are different sessions. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Hey, Lisa, question. If a kid is really, really smart, but they don't have the economic means to get to the camps, is there is there any sort of way where they can get support for that sort of situation? Or is there anyone out in the listening audience that might want to do that sort of thing for a kid? Yes, I'm so glad you asked me that question, because this is really the most important thing, I think, when we talk about the camps. First of all, there's discounts on that page that it, and when you click on the summer camps, there's discounts you can earn to lower the price. Mm. Secondly, um, I always tell parents, we will work with you because we really don't make money on the camps. It's not our intent. Our real intent is to get students engaged in STEM, for them to see the great degrees that we offer at Lawrence Tech and show them what great careers. I'm just going to digress for one second. Lawrence Tech is number one in southeastern Michigan for return on investment, and we're in the top 
7% in the country. Wow. And why is it? Because we have great degrees that are needed in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And students who want to earn a great salary coming to a place like LTU in the summer to learn and then get inspired to work in a STEM field, to me, that is priceless. You know, Gary, we've talked about that. There's been that call that we've heard for a number of years that we need the engineers. We need, you know, people who are in these science areas. There's not enough of them. There's there really aren't. And boy, to help graduate people that really not only have the academic um, chops, but to have that real-world experience, I think, is is wonderful. And, Absolutely. And you excel at it. Besides so, the discounts, so, excuse me, just besides this, quickly to answer Cal's question, are there scholarships that, that people can find as well? They can talk to me and we work things out. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, you found the person to talk to. <laughs> and I, I wanted to point out, too, that uh, you know a lot of the camps are very hardcore science, but there's also art and design camps, mm-hmm. uh, architecture oh, yeah. camps, that kind of thing. And in fact, Lawrence Tech was just ranked 17th in the country for game design at the undergraduate level. Wow. And the game design program, we have a computer science major with a concentration in computer game programming. And then we have several design majors in the College of Architecture and design for various aspects of game design. And from their freshman year, these kids are sitting in classes with computer scientists and artists and percolating ideas together. And that's one of the reasons why it it was rated so high, because you don't see that in a lot of places. There's this wall between design and science, and, you know, never the twain shall meet. And, you know, computer gaming is all about breaking that down, and that's what we do there. By the the way, this is a side note. You two guys, Matt and, and Shane, were kind of kidding between the break about just having fun at summer camp as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, that's some of the best times of my life, summer camp. Oh, yeah. Boy Scout, Boy Scout camp yeah. was great. You always you always did something crazy. And I, I also went to church choir camp as a kid. And, uh, that, that so was is there room too. for rascals like this? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so there's fun there. There's this always plain... fun. Yeah, because, uh, you know, as Matt just said, when you're talking about the hardcore sciences, and that you, the, the goal here is always to show a student what that field or career is like, but show them how that's impactful to the country, to the world, right? Gotcha. And at the same time, it is fun because you can learn so much about yourself, your skills, how your hands can work on things to make right. things great. So so absolutely, there's a lot of fun. You know, just apropos of nothing, I mean, and apropos of this, LDU is also big in robotics, isn't it? If I'm remembering, the first robotics was... First robotics program, correct. And that is one of the fastest... Architectural engineering, robotics, and biomedical engineering are the top three wow. uh, growing programs at the and, University of Engineering. And we actually have a program at Lawrence Tech, a, an international robotics competition called RoboFest that was invented at Lawrence Tech. Mm-hmm. That ah. is kind of a competitor of FIRST Robotics. We, we, you know, we consider oh, ourselves f- friendly competitors. But the thing about RoboFest is that it's smaller robots that are less expensive to build, and they, okay. are, and they are entirely autonomous. Mm-hmm. There's no operator-controlled segment of the competition like there is at, at FIRST Robotics, because there aren't many robots on assembly lines with people controlling them. I mean, <laughs> autonomy is what robots are all about, right? That's, that's kind of that's, that's kind of the point. That's robots, what we're worried so. about, by the way. You know, Skynet, <laughs> et cetera. Right, right, okay. right. Yeah, autonomous cars also. But yeah, but that uh, the world championship for uh, for uh, RoboFest is coming up the week after graduation. So there'll be you know hundreds of students from all wow. over the world. There's teams in China. There's teams in India. There's teams in Australia. Coming to this Co- area, coming to Lawrence Tech. Oh, to LTU. For yeah, them. yeah. For the that's the second weekend in May for the world championships for RoboFest. So yeah, one wow. time I actually went by there, you know, just to peek at what was going on there, and I was fascinated by the number and the diversity of kids that were involved with that situation and the things that they were doing over there. It's really quite an exciting time to watch, even if you're not 
a student. It's worth it. You know, it's like going to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Is there, is there still room at the camps? I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are people who, from past years, are already signing up. Yes, there's room for the camps. Uh, we will most likely close early May, only because okay. the faculty like to keep 20 to 25 students in a camp because of the, all the hands-on kind of things they gotcha. do. Uh, but So please uh, send your applications in. Give me a call. Give me an email. If you have any questions, we're happy to uh, have you on the campus and to know more about what's going on at Lawrence. Now, Act. we'll put links on our homepage Thank you. in our show notes. We'll be sure to put that in there. But for those who are listening, ltu.edu is the place to go on the Internet. And then from there, you type in the summer camps into the search box there, and it'll take you to the yes. summer camps. And you can find out more information about that. You can find are there application forms online there. Application forms are online. Yep. My phone number and my email directly to Great. me is on there as well. And this is going to be, again, uh, the summer camps are for uh, the students who are uh, the grade level is going to be through 10, 11, and 12. 10, yeah, 11, entering and then, 10th and 11th and 12th grade. Yep. Right. Yep. By the way, will the middle school, uh, will that information be there too? As soon as it's done, we'll have both the middle school that we're the camps we're offering on site at brother rice high school and then um at ltu for the dps you know we um we we talk a lot about you know cyber events that happen here on this show and and sometimes cyber warfare uh and do you have any camps that are associated with um you know security or cyber security no we don't but it's a good opportunity i'll think about maybe we we should do that next year even next year right yes exactly sounds great we're gonna have hackers on campus (laughs) (laughs) white hat camp hey how's that sound shane white White hat hat camp (laughs) oh yeah Yeah, right well matt i want to thank you very much for bringing uh, lisa in here lisa thank you so much this is such a a pleasure thank you it's a wonderful thing that ltu is doing lawrence technological university and folks, I hope that you can take advantage of this. Cal's great question was, how can we get people in there who, uh, you know, maybe need some financial help? Check it out. Find out about that. And uh, for the rest of you folks, hang on. We're going to be chasing a little red dwarf in just a moment. Trying to chase him out of town, as a matter of fact. As we talk about the Nain Rouge with Joe Bastian. We should call him Little Red, perhaps. He's the Nain Rouge, the Red Dwarf. What is that? It is uh, both a folk legend uh, and uh, something that has been around Detroit for almost 300-some-odd years, I think. We have with us in studio Joe Bastian, who is uh, a writer and, uh, was it Crypto... Crypto Folk. Crypto Folk. What is that, Joe? Well, Carl and I came up with that term, Carl Winans and I... uh are co-owners of uh, Folk Travel Publishing. And Crypto Folk means hidden stories. And Ah, okay. Yeah. So one of our goals is to take these regional urban myths that often only stay in the region and to share them with the world. And this story, just to give a, a quick thumbnail, Carl. Maybe you can give a quick thumbnail about what the... Now, you you illustrated, am I right? Or did you... Nope. I'm, I'm kind of a Joe's creative partner. So Joe's doing a lot of the writing. I come in and help produce everything from our campaigns to our websites to try to okay. help publicize what okay. we're doing. I wanted to make sure I got the, the partnership yep. right. And Joe, as the writer, you first found out about this. This is a legend that's been around Detroit for a long time. Yeah, it's been over 300 years. It came in when uh, Cadillac founded Detroit in 1701. Wow. And it's been around that long. That's where it started, allegedly, right? Yes. So this little red fellow did what back then? Well, as Cadillac uh, was founding Detroit, the Nainrouge was actually a a good spirit. He kept harmony and balance uh, in the region. And when Cadillac came in, he appeared 
to Cadillac at the fort and said, I'm here to help you grow and cultivate the land. And Cadillac said, we don't need you and kicked him out of the fort. Mm. And uh, so the Nain Rouge laid a curse on him and said, take what you steal and steal what you keep. The shepherd must pay for his sins with his sheep. And then fast forward to now in, in the story that I created, there are these two teenagers and they find out that they're the ransom to this curse because they're related to one of Cadillac's men. But that's a story that you built onto the, an yes. actual historic, not why I should say historical, well, it's a historical in the sense that it's a legend that's been around the area for yeah. that long. Yeah. And the, the the core of the folklore, there wasn't a lot written about it, right. but the Nain Rouge and, and there, this is a battle today because some perceive the Nain Rouge as a harbinger of doom of negativity, and other people say he's a protector of the city uh, who warns you prior to uh, bad events. Okay. And so that's why there are supporters tomorrow during the parade and detractors. Yes. Right? I see. Correct. You know the shame. Of course. Yes, I am a supporter. You are a supporter. Not, I don't want to kick him out, <laughs> like most, a lot of people do. And Cadillac I shouldn't should have. Uh, you know, no, yeah. no, no. Cadillac's done some bad things, right? Yeah, yeah. and that's why they're it's not the name. number one cars. So. Oh, ah, <laughs> okay. oh, okay. <laughs> in trouble. Rim shot, rim shot, yeah. rim shot. <laughs> but this is now developed into kind of a fun folk thing on the first day of spring, and it takes place not too far from here. We're at the Fisher Building in the New Center area, and then it begins at the traffic jam, right? Yes. A popular Which is restaurant. A restaurant. Yep. Down in the Wayne, Wayne State University campus area. Yeah, right there. What's what is it all about? It's going to happen tomorrow, right? Yeah, it happens tomorrow. So uh, the Nain Rouge may or may not appear, but if he appears, and he always does, if he appears, every you uh, you dress in costume so he can't recognize you, and the the theme is to to broom him out of the city, which is symbolically. Uh, brooming out all the negativity in winter and ushering yeah. in hope and renewal in spring. And so you keep kicking him down the road until you get all the way to uh, the Masonic Temple? Yes, and then uh, there's an after party there. So he gets one last uh, one Ooh. last fling at the Masonic Temple, and then he's banished, and then there's an after party and a whole bunch of other fun things happening. And then for the people that want to support him, you can show up, you can show up <laughs> at the Great Lakes Coffee House. Uh, they're going to do a little pre-rally there and get ready for the support there as well. Ah. So you can you can bring your signs and dress in red and yeah. and the supporters are ones who see him as a harbinger of good. Yes, he's a he's always been there. He's a protector of Detroit. Protector of yes. Detroit. Matter of fact, with the, was it, that he was with the Indian was it part of the Indian legend that he was there to protect the area? It's a combination, you know. If you, if you go back and look, it's a combination of the French and the Native Americans that were here. And yes. And what's interesting about about folklore and urban myth is it's always being reinterpreted. Mm-hmm. So right. this was this was a, a a myth that had been lost really for centuries. Yeah. And uh, you know when I started writing the first the first book back in two thousand eight two thousand nine, Francis Grinnell, who uh, heads up the parade, he was actually bringing that back. And the and the parade in the March, they used to do it at Saint Anne's Church as a spring festival one hundred and fifty oh. years ago. So he found this in the old archives, and so you know it was it was a kind of kismet that we we came together. So it's been lost for about 140 years, and then rejuvenated again. Yeah. Now we're we're also talking. Well, this is this festival to take place. uh, A lot of fun around you know spring finally coming and some of the symbolic action. But there's also you guys, Carl, have uh, now taken this a step further to do something in terms of a film. Yes, so we are um, getting ready to produce a short film based on a, a prequel, a screenplay that we have written uh, that's uh, basically a prequel for the graphic novel that we kickstarted a, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. 
And so we're really excited to, to launch that on Indiegogo. It's launched now, so we're kind of launching that uh, to coincide with the with the march. And we'll post, by the way, a link to that on our uh, show notes after the uh, program is done, and we'll, we'll publish that along with our podcast on Sunday. So it's uh, um, there's an Indiegogo campaign going on right now. Where what is your goal to raise? How much? Uh, we're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars towards okay. the production of the short film, and we're okay. working with uh, Amy Weber, who's a local director here in, in oh, the cool. Detroit area. Um, who's got a couple films under her belt and Neat. I believe some Emmys. So we're excited to have her on board with the project and consult with us up front. And she helped put together a really exciting uh, teaser trailer. So Oh, yes, it I, is. Yeah, yeah I like I, it. <laughs> teaser alone. I want to see the rest of this after that teaser. <laughs> yeah. That is a great one. Did you you know, this is really fascinating. I'm looking at pictures uh, from previous uh, uh, parades, parades and, and it feels very Mardi Gras-like. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, it's meant to be. Okay. And you can see how it's really becoming the people's march or the people's parade. Very much so, yeah. Now you've got the supporters coming out and you're the detractors and it's this whole good versus evil and it really ties in with the the legend and the story that you know Joe's been trying to tell and you can't have one without the other. Shane, really. where was the the supporters? Where was that starting? Oh, the supporters are going to show up at Great Lakes Coffee House in Woodward. And they're going to they're okay. get there early. Uh, I think, what was it? 11.30. Uh, okay. Oh, no. Yeah, 11.30. And when does the parade kick off, Joe? <clears throat> 1 o'clock. At 1 o'clock. And that'll be at TJ's, right? Uh, the traffic jam? Yeah, traffic jam and snug right there. And then it'll go down, what, the cast? It goes all the way... I- think because of the construction it might oh, go that's right. it might go down second it's i'm going, not sure what the route and it's actually going down second avenue okay and they're they're hooking a right on temple and then they're going around cast park and then ending right at masonic right. <laughs> there's enough congestion yeah. down there with the <laughs> construction that's yeah. going on so you've got a website up now to gather funds for putting this together how long will the, will the feature be do- when it's done carl carl um well we're we're, we're doing a 60-day campaign Mm-hmm. And then production would start. And so we're hoping to launch right around Halloween. We'd like yeah. to have the oh, f- premiere of the film right at Halloween. We think the timing would be perfect. Do you still, you at one point had somebody who was part of Game of Thrones who was interested in, or was it Game of Thrones who was interested in a, it was a little person? Who oh, was yeah, interested? there was uh, Martin Clebel. He helped us with the graphic novel. Oh, okay. Um, That's not, what I'm remembering. Peter Dinklage is Game of Thrones. Okay. Oh, okay. it's the Caribbean. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Martin yeah. was Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Now yeah. I got it. Okay. Yeah. Nice guy. Is he, is he still going to involved in it? We're, we can't say. I got gotcha. you. So I got gotcha. you. We'll keep it all on the down low <laughs> for, for now. How long will the feature be when you get it done? Well, this is a short film, so it'll be 20 minutes to half an hour. Okay. And, you know, really the goal with this is why we're doing the crowdfunding in the first place is we see this going into a feature and getting Hollywood involved. Oh. So this is really our last opportunity to really bring the community in and let people participate uh, with you know, with the film. We have a lot of control over this, but mm-hmm. we know that as it moves into feature and moves to Hollywood... We'll lose a lot of that control. Oh, yeah. Has the scripting been written already? Yeah, the script's already written. Scripts, you, you've been involved in that, right? Yeah, I, I did not write it, but I was one of the creative directors. One of the creative directors. So. Well, yeah, folks, this is called The Nain Rouge, The, the Red Dwarf, and uh, a fun kind of a march. To, I mean, a fun thing to do with the family, to bring them down um, around what, to uh, enjoy things at TJ's, the traffic jam. That's uh, coming up tomorrow on the first day of spring. Thanks, Joe, for being with us. Joe Bastian and Carl Wenens, thanks so much. Folks, coming up in just uh, a little bit after the break, we're going to be opening the phone lines for you, for your questions. And we've got some folks in studio here to help answer your questions about your computers. The number is 800-859-0957. That's 800-859-0957. Whatever's happening to your computer, call up. We've got some folks who have lots of years of experience fixing them, and we're looking forward to helping you 
with your concerns. That's 800 859 